Hi everyone, welcome to our podcast, Breathe In, Write Out, a podcast for high school, college, and university students about making the most out of academic life. We touch on study skills, student life, career transition, overall well-being, personal development, and other topics that impact young adults. At the end of each podcast, we send our listeners off with a short guided meditation and writing prompt. We hope that through these discussions, meditations, and writing exercises, we can build an open, caring, compassionate community that supports personal growth. I'm Lisa Fow, the founder and CEO of Fow Academic Writing, where we focus on teaching young adults the communication skills necessary to reach their full potential on the page and in life. Get into a cozy spot, grab your pen and notebooks, and let's meet our first guest. This week's episode is part of our Careers in Liberal Arts series as we discuss the journey of becoming a writer. Most people think of writers as authors of books, but there's actually probably more writing than ever before with the advent of the internet. Websites, social media, newsletters, and online editorials are all areas where you can become a writer. This week's guest is Melody Beliveau, a freelance writer and author of the website, thesocialcommentary.com. Melody started out writing for a local newspaper in her early 30s as a mother of four children. Then family life put a pause on her writing career until she had to step back from her previous position due to health issues and decided to start her own website to inspire, encourage, and support others. She continues to challenge herself with new challenges, aiming to publish in a national magazine next. You never know when your writing career will flourish. The key is to never give up. Welcome to our podcast, Breathe In, Write Out, Melody. Thank you so much, Lisa. This is such a wonderful opportunity. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. It's an honor, it's an honor to be here. Cool. So, yeah, it was, it was interesting to find you on LinkedIn and, and see what you're up to. So, I know that writing's been a passion of yours for basically since an early age. Um, but you've kind of not had a very linear route, hit some bumps in the road. Um, can you tell us a little bit about when you knew you wanted to be a writer and, and where that passion started? My passion started as a child. I literally loved to read all the time. <laughs> and then I was writing too, um, by the time I was in fifth grade and the teacher asked us to write a two-page story, I wrote a 12-page story and she read it to the class. Um, I knew then that that's what I was going to be or what I wanted to be. And wow. by, the, by the time I was a teenager, my thought was someday I will be a journalist and that's going to be my career. Um, but I didn't focus I didn't focus and I didn't go straight for it. I didn't go to college. I didn't take the, the classes for it, mm -hmm. but I still had it in there. So I was still writing articles. Yeah. Um, and then I was at my friend's house one night. I was supposed to babysit for her kids mm -hmm. and her landlord was the owner of one of the local newspapers. Well, cool. And she, she looked at him and she said, 
this is the girl I was telling you about, you know, the writer. <laughs> and I was shocked that she had talked about me as being a writer. Um, and he looked at me and he said, do you have any of your work? So I said, I do have a portfolio. Do you want me to run home and get it? <laughs> and he said, sure, I've got time. So I ran home, I grabbed it, and we sat at the kitchen table and he read through it. So this was totally unexpected on my part. He looked at it and he said, I think you have talent. So I'm going to give you a job. And I was like, what? <laughs> he says, I want you to start covering the Ox Oxford Selectman meetings. They're on uh, Tuesday nights. I want you to cover them. So I was like, wow, okay, sure. <laughs> so I started covering the Selectman meetings and his um, tip for me, he said, I'll tell you one thing now. You got to follow this. Do not put your opinions in it. You're a journalist, just the facts. Nobody cares what you think. So I followed that. I recorded the meetings and I went home to my typewriter and I pounded them out and they went in the paper and he got a lot of good responses on it. People liked what I wrote. Interesting. And he came back to me and he said, okay, now I want you to start covering Dudley too, which was another town. Okay. So I started doing both of them. And then he said, okay, everybody likes your work. So if you want to cover stuff that happens in town, things that you feel like covering, go for it. My articles never got edited. They never got cut. What I wrote got printed. Wow. Yeah, it was great. There was one time I had covered one of the meetings and it made the front page. Wow. Yeah, that felt so good. <laughs> and then I started covering like um, the preschool that my daughter was in. Um, the teacher was leaving, so I did a big article on it. It was head, a Head Start program. Okay. So I covered that. And then... Um, because I had young children in school yeah. and there were kids in my neighborhood, the, the parents were like, this is ridiculous. Our kids have to, I have to figure out how to get them to school because they have to, if they live within two miles, they have to walk. Mm -hmm. Now you're Whoa. not a lot. It's a long it, walk. <laughs> for a second grader, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So I wrote an article. Yep. about the fact that they weren't and in it i wrote the man the town manager's name mm -hmm. and his phone number his work phone <laughs> number that's controversial <laughs> <laughs> yes and then i went to um the town meeting in webster and after the meeting i introduced myself to him right and he and he said you're the one. <laughs> Ever since you put that in the paper, my phone hasn't stopped ringing. Thanks a lot. Within a couple of weeks, they had all the kids being transported. Wow. That's an amazing story. 
it was I helped change the town policy. It was it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So what a cool story! You you basically you loved writing. You kept writing. You didn't have a formal job, and then an opportunity popped up, and you're ready for it. And you slowly got more experience. And it sounds like you're very passionate about it, and you were lucky to have a an editor or a newspaper owner that saw that and gave you more and more opportunities. That's really cool. Yes, he allowed me to do commentary articles as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then because I went through domestic abuse and mm-hmm. I started a support group because of it. Wow. And he knew, yeah, he knew that. So he was like, you know, I think you should write a series on domestic abuse. Would you be willing to do that? Mm-hmm. I said, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. It was, you know, I was taking things that happened to me or yep. that I went through and turn them into something that could help other people. That's amazing. That's what my writing's all about. Mm-hmm. It is taking any challenges I've had throughout my life and turning them into something that can either make people relate and say, wow, I thought I was alone in this. Mm-hmm. Or show them something that can help them. Mm-hmm. And that's my purpose to it. You're so, kind of an activist slash writer. Yes. Yes. Cool. And the only problem with that was that doesn't pay the bills the way I needed them to. Mm-hmm. So I ended up being a blue collar worker and, you know, to support my kids. I figured, you know, when I had vacation times, I would say, okay, this is when I'm going to focus on my writing. Mm -hmm. But that's when you usually will say, first, you're trying to recuperate from working so hard. (laughs) And then you do the deep cleaning to the house and stuff that you can't do during work. Yeah. So how many years... How many years were you working and not really able to do your writing? Longer than 10 years. Wow. So you worked, that, you worked at the paper and then you realized, you know, I need, I need, to, I need a, a different job just to survive. And then you had to give that up. Yes. And then, and now you're kind of back at it again. So can you tell us a little bit about your, the project you're working on now? Um, your website? Yes. When would you like me to start from where I started it? Yeah. Well, how did this come about? Okay. So I had joined, um, the dressed for success workshops mm-hmm. and, um, they had given me, um, a mentor. Yep. And, I had gotten an opportunity to have a column in one of the local magazines and I was ecstatic about it, but it wasn't, it wasn't a good fit because the editing that got done to it took away my voice in it. So I said, thank you, but no, thank you. And I went to her and I told her, this is how it went. I showed her the emails. She said, well, I'm proud of you for standing up for yourself. And what you really need is to have your own website. Mm. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally technology challenged. 
<laughs> so the idea of that was like a foreign language to me. Yeah. But she said, I'm not kidding. You can do this. She said, you need to. You need your voice to be out there the way it is. Mm-hmm. I said, but I don't know anything about how to do that. So she suggested that I go to WordPress. She said, they'll, they'll teach you step by step. Wow. You need, you need to do this. And she suggested a name for it, um, something about being social commentary. Mm-hmm. But she had a different phrase, and it was already taken. That dom- domain was already taken. So I put the closest I could, which was the socialcommentary.com. Mm-hmm. And with, between her help and the text help on it, I published it September 14th of 19, uh, of 2017. Wow. So it's been three years. Yes. It was like Christmas to me when it said published. And then I went and looked it up, you know, Googling it. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. (laughs) So it was like a dream come true. And Um, how how long did it take you to build? A couple of months. Oh, wow. That's pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah, when I went back to her, when I had all the columns done and, and some of my articles on them, she was like, wow. That's awesome. You did a great job. Yeah. And so what have you learned over the last three years of having a website? That each piece, each article is an artwork. And it comes from the heart. Whatever I write comes from the heart. And each piece once it gets out there, once it's actually got people reading it, mm-hmm. they can either relate to it or find something in it that helps them. Mm-hmm. And that's my whole goal on it. My goal isn't really about money on the website mm-hmm. because it doesn't even have a place for you to pay for it or donate. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe later I'll do that, but that's not my goal on it. Mm-hmm. My goal is it's a piece of me and people get to read something that might help them. Mm-hmm. My goal for my career to actually earn the income on it is putting my presence out there so that I can get a column in eventually an actual, I have the, the company that I want to work for. And I actually want to partner with. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go from one of their smaller magazines Mm -hmm. and see it, you know, by the time I'm ready for that to be able to have a column in it. And then I want to go to USA Today. Mm -hmm. And then I want to go to having a magazine of my own called The Social Commentary Mm -hmm. that is parented by the corporation. Wow. So So I... I have the steps in place. Yeah. They'll just take time, but I'm willing but, to put in the time. I mean, I think this is pretty incredible because usually people in your stage of life are just kind of like winding down. <laughs> but yeah. It, but it seems like you're like, you know what? I missed that. I would have wanted to do this 30 years earlier. I didn't get a chance, but I'm going to just try to do it now. Yes. 
So that's, yes. that's pretty cool and inspiring. And how has having the website, because in the, in your original story, you said, you know, I, I had an opportunity to publish an article in a magazine. It didn't work out. It wasn't my voice. So I created this website to put my voice out there. How has having the website and putting your voice out via the website, and also I know you're really active on LinkedIn, how has that kind of changed the way you think about your writing or another way to think about it, maybe like your confidence level? Like, I went from being very scared and nervous every time I posted one mm -hmm. to feeling more confident with it. The fact that it's my website mm -hmm. adds to that. And LinkedIn with it is where I'm getting a lot of the traffic now on my website. Cool. LinkedIn has been, I started out on LinkedIn thinking, okay, this is for business. This is so that when I'm actually ready to put in for those jobs, to pursue those jobs, mm -hmm. LinkedIn will be my tool. Right. But it changed. I found such a community on LinkedIn that posting on LinkedIn, it's like a, a shorter article when I post on it. Right. And, and I'm very active on other people's posts. Mm -hmm. I support them. I will add my um, interaction with them. Mm -hmm. And the growth, the the encouragement, the support, and the inspiration on LinkedIn has been amazing. Totally wow. amazing. So did how many people do subscribe to your website or your content now? Like, how has that changed? It's still low, but the views are higher. Mm -hmm. Like, before I would get views here and there. And now I have a graph, <laughs> oh, which wow. days are higher than others. So I was like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but I still see it as in I'm still in the beginner's stage. Mm -hmm. And I want to keep that beginner's mindset. Mm -hmm. Because I also heard that on one of your podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I saw you posted that. That was very nice of you. Well, it was great advice. and I posted that on other people's, um, you know, on their posts, I commented it and they were like, that's great. That's a great idea. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people have the um, imposter syndrome feeling right. like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. But if you think of it instead as a beginner's mindset, you don't, it doesn't have the same negative impact on you. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it keeps you thinking, yeah, I still got to learn. Right. There are, there are still things on my website I have to learn. Right. And, and they have um, a class that I can take. I just haven't mm -hmm. had the time yet to do that. Right. Um, because you're been, a normal person. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a grandmother. And right now I'm also helping um, virtual schooling with my grandkids. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, that takes a lot of your energy away from your focus. Mm -hmm. I really, my hat's off to teachers right now. It really is because 
the strength they have to have and the energy they have to have to do what they're doing right now is amazing. Yeah. Well, also, I don't know how many grandkids are you helping at a time? Right now it's been five. Right. And teachers usually have like 25, 30 something kids in their class. <laughs> yes. And they're doing kids in class, kids on Zoom, mm -hmm. kids that are half and half. And right. they have command of their classroom when kids are there. And their focus is on their teacher. And she right. can bring them back when it's not. But when they're doing virtual at home and they're um, the younger grades, keeping them focused on that instead of like talking to the brother who's not in the same yeah. class that's sitting at their desk, desk next to them, yeah. not the same. Or asking yeah. me something from the kitchen where I'm trying to keep an eye on them to keep them focused. And it's like, no, don't talk to me. Turn around and listen to your teacher. Yeah. So, they don't have that command when they're doing it virtually and, and the strength that must take and the frustration that I'm sure they feel, they have my applause. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this situation with COVID really has made people appreciate teachers in general. Just, just the first bit when kids are at home. And, you yes. know, just sending kids to school and having someone help them learn things. I don't think parents, a lot of, we didn't really appreciate it until it was sort of taken away. Right. So, right. Yeah. Good point. So you're also very motivated. What, because I mean, we've been talking about, you know, you started this, you loved writing as a child, you've got this opportunity, you went through bumps in the road, you learned a whole thing, website, you're on LinkedIn, like, connecting with all kinds of people in a stage in life when a lot of people are retiring. Um, but you just, you just keep going. So what keeps you motivated? Being able to help people. And when I see people on posts that I write saying, thank you so much, I needed that today. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that feeds my soul because they're saying I just fed theirs. And I see it as we all have a soul light. We all matter. Every one of us matters. Mm -hmm. And I want to help them see that. Mm. Wow. That's amazing. And do you have, are, do you now have like kind of regular people tuning in for your articles? Like yes. A, okay. Yes. Wow. That's a, that's really cool. How you're building and you built an audience through the newspaper earlier in your career and you're building an audience now online. Yeah, some of my posts on LinkedIn that I've written have gotten over a thousand views. Wow, that's impressive. That's hard. I only had one post that got like five or six thousand, but that's because the University of Toronto was pegged. <laughs> usually yeah i mean i'm happy if i get a couple hundred um so what you sort of talked a little bit about your experience on linkedin um you talked a little bit about what your content is about helping people if you could go back to your younger self 
the person who wrote the story, the person who wanted to be a journalist. Um, but maybe she didn't believe in herself. I don't know. What, what advice would you give her today? I would tell her, look, you know it's in you. You feel it. Go after those dreams. Set a plan. Go take those classes. You know, zone in on your purpose because that's what it is. I mean, I've felt that my whole life. I just let everything else get in the way. And now wow. that there isn't anything to get in the way, I'm going for it. Hmm. It's so going to be my legacy. Yeah, that's so interesting. I actually did a interview with a friend of mine who's a minister. And it's a similar thing. I mean, ministry is like one of the old, it's a vocation, not a career. And people have to be called to it, right? So they have right. this voice. So it sounds like in a way, you're being called to be a writer. Definitely. And, but the same thing, even when I was talking to my minister friend, you know, she started out an English degree and she didn't really, she, she felt something, but you know, she didn't really consider ministry until a voice became really loud. And I, I think for, I think everyone's called to do something, but oftentimes we ignore it. Yes. But since the pandemic has started, I have been more on my knees praying. Um, I watch, um, Joyce Myers Ministries. Um, I listened to Andy Stanley on Your Move. And every time I talk to God about some of this, it's been like that day I get an answer. And he puts opportunities in there that I never even dreamed of, just like this one. You know, I, I would never have thought to ask to do this. And honestly it terrified me but <laughs> but i thought no that i this is what i want to do i want to inspire people i want to help people know that yes you matter go after it if it's something that's your it's your dream go for it pursue it you're feeding your soul doing that mm -hmm. so yeah i'm comfortable behind a pen but they tell you that if you stay in your comfort zone, you're not going to grow. Yeah. So. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And I really, I like, so <laughs> sometimes I'm cautious. I mean, I try to be cautious about religious things on the podcast. Right. But right. I have found that everyone I interview or uh, most people, most people I interview um, have some sort of spiritual practice, whether, whether it's praying like in the Christian faith or meditation. Uh, we interviewed someone that does Chinese medicine and he, he's all into meditation um, or walking in nature, all these things. So I really yes. like, I like how you brought that up. So, you know, someone doesn't have to, um, pray to God to be spiritual, but, right. but these practices are important to knowing who you are, what you're meant to do, and kind of like sticking to that path. 
And I, I think that's something when you're in your 20s, which is a lot of our listeners, um, that's hard to, to know. So I really appreciate you sharing that process of yours. Thank you. So that's, I mean, what an, what an amazing, inspiring story. And I hope that this will inspire people out there who are maybe just going into college or finished college and they think, you know, I want to be a writer, but how can I make money? I want to be a writer. I don't know. But to just follow that dream and follow that path and um, feed their soul. Absolutely. Absolutely. They have to feed their soul. Any job they do should feed it, not cut it. And some mm -hmm. jobs cut your soul. And if yeah. you're just doing a job that's not, not fulfilling you, then you need to look at what would. Mm -hmm. And yeah. if they're in their 20s, they have a lifetime ahead of them. And if they put their focus on it, there isn't anything they couldn't accomplish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I had that conversation with a 16-year-old just yesterday. Who was That's worried, awesome. Who was worried about, I need a stable job. Like, you're 16. Just wow. try out some stuff. Figure out what you want to do. Um, so, yeah, I've always been a believer in, you know, follow what you like and it will work out. Somehow. Yes. So, uh, I, I like books. Um, a lot of writers like books or resources. What are some books or resources that you, you, and like, you like, you'd recommend, you kind of go to often? Okay. Um, Book-wise, I do a lot of different reading. Um, I read the Left Behind series. I own the the entire series. Um, I've read uh, The Boys Who Challenged Hitler. That was a really good book. Um, but the ones I have now, um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen R. Covey. Mm -hmm. But what I go to for my writing is the writinglaunch.com. Okay. They even have classes. They have things that they send you that are um, links to different companies or websites that are hiring writers. Mm. So it's a good resource. Mm. And for direction, I go to Andy Stanley, Your Move. There's one that he did, which was called um, Ask It. And mm. the question that he asks in it is, in light of your previous experiences and your current situations, what would be the best decision to make? And a lot of us don't do that when we're making a decision. Yeah, that's, that's very thoughtful. So uh, he has a lot of motivation in his series. Okay. So what were those three again? Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by who? Stephen R. Covey. Okay. If you um, just Google the title of it, it'll tell you. Yeah, we'll, we'll put a link. We, we, okay. always put a, we always put a link on the post. Um, okay. What is that book about? You didn't really talk about that. He actually 
See, I should have wrote down quotes from it. I have them written down. <laughs> I have I have my little scrap paper, like in different parts of it with his quotes that are on it. Um, but I can't think of them right at the moment. Okay. <laughs> I, sh I should have wrote that down. But um, yeah, it's so that you can get your mindset the way it needs to be to be successful. And they're practical tips, just tips that people don't normally think of. Can you remember one of those tips? Not at the moment. I should have <laughs> wrote it down. <laughs> okay. You're right. Sorry about that. You have to write everything down. Yes. <laughs> I do the same thing. I can't remember. I, I can remember, like, gener I'm the worst at remembering, like, names of authors. I'll remember what the book is about, but I won't be able to tell the person the author's name or the title. I so, do that, too. Yeah, I get it. So seven habits of effective people. That's your book. And then of highly effective. Oh, people. highly effective people. And then the resource was writing launch, writing launch dot com. Okay. And then, uh, and then you, the motivational kind of site you go to Andy Stanley. It's uh, it, your move is the name of the app. Okay. Okay, great. Those are three great resources. We'll put them up. Uh, when we post the interview post, we always put a link to resources. Okay. So, thanks so much and, for. Oh, Andy Stanley is um, he's a preacher, but it's also for people that are not religion. Christian, yeah. right? His stuff is for anybody, basically. Okay. So I just wanted to let you know that. Yeah, that's a good caveat. So. Thanks so much for joining us, Melody. Um, you can find out more about Melody on her website, thesocialcommentary.com. And what a fun interview. And thanks so much for inspiring people out there with your own journey. Thank you so much for having me. And anyone wants to look me up on LinkedIn, I'm glad to have you. And I hope you can find something on it that helps you. Wonderful. So stay tuned, everyone, for a brief meditation and reflective writing exercise. During this breathing meditation, you will focus on your breath. This will calm your mind and relax your body. There is no right or wrong way to meditate. Whatever you experience during this breathing meditation is right for you. Don't try to make anything happen, just observe. Begin by finding a comfortable position, but one in which you will not fall asleep. Sitting on the floor with your legs crossed is a good position to try. Close your eyes or focus on one spot in the room. Roll your shoulders slowly forward and then slowly back. Lean your head from side to side, lowering your left ear towards your left shoulder and then your right ear toward your right shoulder. Relax your muscles. Your body will continue to relax as you meditate. Observe your breathing. Notice how your breath flows in and out. Make no effort to change your breathing in any way. Simply notice how your body breathes. Your body knows how much air it needs. 
sit quietly, seeing in your mind's eye your breath flowing gently in and out of your body. When your attention wanders, as it will, just focus back again on your breathing. Notice any stray thoughts, but don't dwell on them. Simply let the thoughts pass. See how your breath continues to flow deeply, calmly. Notice the stages of a complete breath. From the in-breath to the pause that follows, the exhale, and the pause before taking another breath. See the slight breaks between each breath. Feel the air entering through your nose. Picture the breath flowing through the cavities in your sinuses and then down to your lungs. As thoughts intrude, allow them to pass and return your attention to your breathing. See the air inside your body after you inhale, filling your body gently. Notice how the space inside your lungs becomes smaller after you exhale and the air leaves your body. Feel your chest and stomach gently rise and fall with each breath. Now as you inhale, count silently. One. As you exhale, count. One. Wait for the next breath and count again. One. Exhale. One. Inhale. One. Exhale. One. Continue to count each inhalation and exhalation as one. Notice how your body feels. See how calm and gentle your breathing is and how relaxed your body feels. Now it is time to gently reawaken your body and mind. Keeping your eyes closed, notice the sounds around you. Feel the floor beneath you. Feel the clothes against your body. Wiggle your fingers and toes. Shrug your shoulders. Open your eyes and remain sitting for a few moments longer. Straighten out your legs and stretch your arms and legs gently. Sit for a few moments more, enjoying how relaxed you feel and experiencing your body reawaken and your mind returning to its usual level of alertness. Slowly return to standing position and continue with the rest of your day feeling re-energized. Thanks again to Melody for that really inspiring interview and thanks everyone for taking part in the meditation. I hope you're ready with your pencil and your notebook to do a quick writing prompt. So I really thought Melody's story was inspiring because it's really about the love of writing and finding your voice and putting your writing out there. And over time, opportunities coming to you and turning it into some kind of career. So on that note, I thought rather than do a writing prompt that's about personal development, I would do a writing prompt for writers. 
So I was just reading on LinkedIn today, a really cool prompt about how to be a good editor. And the person mentions that um, Ernest Hemingway, who was a famous American novelist, he started out in newspapers and he, he famously won a newspaper contest for best short story in six words. So he wrote a story in six words. And this is what he wrote, for sale, baby shoes, never worn. Very cool. Um, a lot of images and ideas come to mind just from listening to those six words. So my challenge to you is the same thing. Can you write a story in only six words. Try it out. Um, if you're stuck, a way to do this might be to write a paragraph of your story, take a look at it, and try to cut your idea down into only six words. Give it a shot. I'd love to see what you come up with. Feel free to send me a message on, you know, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, email. I'd love to hear what you came up with. And in the meantime, thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. To find out more about FAO academic writing, check out our website at www.fao.ca or follow us on social media at FAO underscore academic writing. We look forward to helping you reach your full potential on the page and in life.